I'm so happy to have you on. We're finally doing this. It's, it's been a journey. Yes. schedules, <laughs> a few technical difficulties, but here we are. Yes, here we are. That's, I think, the first thing I learned with, you know, attempt to podcast is how many, I didn't realize how many technical difficulties you would have. And the ones that I anticipated to have were not the ones that I ended up having. Like, I didn't anticipate to have a tropical storm that will cut, you know, Wi-Fi or power to randomly go out. But yeah, I'm glad I mean, that we made it my here. Miami, Miami weather wasn't really cooperating, to say the least. Do you guys get a lot of, like, hurricane warnings there? You're almost on the same, I guess, like, line as we are here in, in, in Mexico right now. Yeah. But it seems like you kind of get less of of the hurricane. We we get some hurt, but it's not as bad as people um announced to me before I moved to Miami. It's like the storms happen, but it's just like a lot of rain. But at the same time, I live in a building, so I can't really see any if, you know, I see flooded streets, but that goes away pretty fast, so, but I can't really can relate to some people, you know, maybe their backyard gets all, all destroyed or something, but for me, it's totally fine. Yeah. And before this, you were in New York. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Before that, I was in New York. I was there for seven years and I loved New York, but it was like, it was getting a little exhausting for me personally. And also with COVID and everything, you know, was shutting down. I was traveling to Miami a lot uh, and I just fell in love with the lifestyle here. And I was like, okay, let me get a, an apartment because my lease was about to end in New York and I got a place here for six months and I loved it. And I obviously I'm still here. So yeah. I'm trying to make Miami like my base now because I really, you know, after a while, I mean, you and I both are immigrants living in a foreign country. So after a while, you kind of like, when you find a place where you really feel like you belong, you try to set some roots so hopefully i hope i hope i'm gonna stay here for a while if if work gets me somewhere else i'm gonna move obviously but for now i really love miami yeah it seems like an amazing place i haven't been there definitely on on my I mean, list i see your uh palm trees in the back or are there palm trees or what it's are my they? jam for sure yeah we i mean it's like full-blown tropics here and i love it like i really really love it we were it's just talking same. earlier same yeah, way. we were just talking. It's the same and it's a big city. It's a big cosmopolitan city, which I also love. Like here, yeah. it's a bit, you know, less of a, I guess, populous area. It's like mm -hmm. kind of smaller towns and it's more of a resorty vibe. Whereas I feel like Miami would be, you know, it's a, such a big, vibrant yeah. city. You never it's run out mix. of things to do. Yeah, It's a mix of tropical. So obviously you have the ocean, you have the beaches and all that but you have a city and you have like a financial center you have shopping malls you have obviously you just have an you know regular things people do that live in a big city so it's a nice blend of both and miami wasn't really a city that people would live in before i mean obviously people would <laughs> i don't i don't want this to sound, uh, sound weird but like people would not just like oh let's move okay. to miami because miami was a very vacation-y you know, vacation city. And with the pandemic, people just realize that the lifestyle here is great. And once you have more and more people moving here who are actually doing something with their lives and they're building a career, you know, that the, the Miami became more like a place for young professionals, entrepreneurs, and not just, you know, night nightlife and bottles. So, yeah. Yeah. So it, it changed, it changed and changed a lot. 
Yeah, I've heard that in the last couple of years with with COVID and with everything, it's kind of a lot of people decided to move to Florida and and Miami. And also taxes. And taxes, yes. Oh, my God, don't even get me started on taxes. Here's the taxes. Um, I live in Canada, so it's, yeah. What what are you drinking? I'm just drinking champagne. I'm drinking a Pinot Grigio. Okay, lovely. Um, Yes. To our audience, we decided that uh, we can skip on the happy hour happy hour situation and incorporate some yeah. some wine and champagne i think yeah, that dry. we deserved it because we really tried to record this so many times and third one is the charm i guess third one is the charm. cheers to that as well i don't know if we're gonna yes. get we might get very very drunk and get carried away yeah. and our audience is going to have to listen <laughs> to our to our conversations but they're usually fun when you're when you're a bit tipsy yeah so coco beauty Yes. Uh, Cornelia Slunsky, right? Am I pronouncing that Slunsky. right? Slunsky. Mm-hmm. Slunsky. Um, AKA Coco Beauty. Where does Coco Beauty come from? Coco Beauty. So I wasn't, I, I used to work in beauty. I was a makeup artist full time. I was doing a lot of your typical, you know, makeup artist jobs from editorials to weddings to New York Fashion Week. Like I tried everything. I recorded some movies. Like I really dabbled into every aspect of beauty to see which one I personally liked the most. And after a while, I became, you know, pretty good. And I was, had the chance to do editorials for like Harper's Bazaar, Elle, Grazia, all these like major magazines. And I was like, you know, this doesn't really make me as happy as I thought it's going to make me because I was looking, you know, I was always expecting like, okay, when I see my name and like Elle, something's gonna happen i don't know what magic i expected to happen but i was just like okay this doesn't really make me that much happier and with the and that just happened at the same time when the pandemic hit so during the pandemic obviously like everybody else in the world i was like very confused with what i'm gonna do in my life and with my career and uh you know a, a big part of my job was posting makeup tutorials online and as never and if nobody was going out I'm like when am i gonna post a makeup tutorial and people are you know worried about their existence is not really relative so i was a little lost and then when i moved to miami actually the reason why i moved to miami is because i had a bunch of photo shoots here so this as i mentioned you know miami is a city where it's summer all the time so a lot of photo shoots were happening in miami so i was flying back and forth and then after a while i'm like why don't i just move to miami so i did move to miami and that was around the same time tiktok started happening so everybody was on TikTok and people were like, okay, you have to get on TikTok, TikTok. And I always wanted to get on TikTok, but I just didn't know what to do. And I'm like, I don't want to post tutorials anymore. I don't want to just talk about beauty. I just felt like it was overdone and like so many people are doing it. So I started posting these random videos, things I wish I knew before I moved to Miami. Meanwhile, I was doing the same. I was still doing makeup. I was still, you know, working as a makeup artist. And after a while, uh, these videos on TikTok and Instagram reels at the time, like blew up in a sense, like I just didn't expect people to have such a big reaction because like my social media journey was a little, you know, I was, I was always trying to find something that's going to make me different than other people. And I never really, nothing set me apart. And I mean, I was doing like, I was a great makeup artist. Don't get me wrong. I mean, not to toot my own horn, but like, I know I'm good at what I do, but I just never really saw a big break. And I was like really trying to whatever. 
Whew, I need to take a breath. Oh, this is a lot. Take uh, a sip. <laughs> yeah, take a sip. So anyway, once I moved to Miami, I started these random videos, things I wish I knew before I moved to Miami. And I was just like blabbing my, my heart out. And I was just literally sitting on my couch without hair, without makeup. And I was like, let me make a video because Miami is such a specific city and I didn't expect it. Just random facts like, mm -hmm. you know, humidity is your hairstylist, you know, haha joke. But then all Miami people were like, okay, yeah, that's so true. So to make a long story short, I just started speaking my mind and mm -hmm. all of my friends knew that I'm very opinionated and, you know, you and I are very much alike. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like I do, yes. we just <laughs> say whatever we feel and we don't really give a fuck what people are going to say or going to get offended or I'm like, okay, this is how it is. And you don't have to agree with me, but like, okay. So That's when my this opinion, whole, I should have a right to it. Yeah. So all this Miami stuff, like Miami videos were kind of like my move to Miami changed my career trajectory, let's say actually to like tie to your question, who is Coco beauty? So Coco obviously is my nickname and beauty kind of just stayed because I don't know. People just know me as beauty now. So like uh, until I figure out a different, um, you know, Instagram handle for myself, that's going to stay Coco beauty, but I also have bougie best friend, which I'm sure we're going to get into later on. Yes. Yes. Um, it's, actually something that I wanted to, I know I congratulated you before, but I want to congratulate you again. You just launched your own podcast. Yes, I did. And I recall just a few weeks ago when you and I were first having a discussion about you being on my podcast, you were thinking about starting it, if I recall correctly. And within just a matter of a few weeks, you already have what, three episodes out? Three plus bonus. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and cheers to that because <laughs> that's amazing. Cheers to that that's, too, even though I just took a sip. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's amazing because, you know, I think all of us, myself included are often, you know, we think about these ideas and things that we want to do and we talk about them and we go over them in our minds like a trillion times. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we, we don't even do it, right? We don't even take action. We think it would yeah. be a good idea, but we don't act on it. And I know with me, like starting this podcast, I thought about it a lot for a long yeah. time. And I was thinking of all the things that could go wrong. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. That's it. So I really admire that. Like I said, even just a short few weeks ago, we were talking and it was, it wasn't I mean, here yet. To correct then, you a little bit, I've been trying to make this podcast happen for a year now. Mm -hmm. In a sense, like I was thinking about it. I was having the same concerns that I'm sure you had, you know, what can go wrong and you know, you just find all these excuses why you shouldn't start. And then I, uh, I have a manager and we have like our goals for the year or whatever. And I put one, one of these goals, I put like, I want to start a podcast by March. March goes by. Okay. So I'm just editing it to April. April goes by. Okay. Let me just edit it to, and I just, I'm, I'm a firm believer. You need to hold yourself accountable. And I hold myself accountable. And if I say I'm going to do something, I will actually do it. Because if you don't, you're going to start losing respect for yourself because you never follow through, you know, the promises you make to yourself. So I was like, if I can't start this podcast and there's so many people and I'm, I'm not one who likes to compare myself to anyone, but I'm like, if there's millions of people in on this planet who can make a podcast, 
what's why why can't i do that so i was like let me just do it and i was just i literally launched it on may 30th that was like i was like i need to launch this in may if i go into june is it's not good so i had the same concerns as you i'm sure had and i mean even last week you you told me about this app that like completely changed my life now which i will use in you know with all my recordings so like you're always learning something new but like if you don't start you're not gonna know the issues you're gonna encounter like you and i tried to record this podcast a few times because like one time my computer was crashing and then later we realized why then you know obviously some outside you know situations can happen but also when i recorded one of my friends uh in person like one of my mics just died and we didn't mm -hmm. notice and we recorded a whole episode it was an amazing episode we recorded a whole episode my mic was like off so oh. <laughs> so now you kind of know to double triple check all these things and like while you're recording like right now i can see these little lights here and i'm like okay it's still recording so it's it's just like if if you don't do it for yourself who is you know nobody else is going to start your podcast for you for sure for sure and i think the common misconception is and again i had it too is well it's got to be perfect i got to be 100% ready to start and you're never going to be 100% ready like i would have never thought of some of the technical issues that you and i already had you know yeah and you're not going to have them until you do it until you realize that there's things that are completely out of your control that you didn't even think about you everything yeah. may seem perfect on paper but if you actually do it there's going to be a bunch of other things that will come up but that's okay that's how you learn that's how you perfect it but that's awesome i'm i'm really happy for you and i'm really looking forward to it i can see you on billboards bougie best friend <laughs> in a short period of time because i think you have a lot of value to uh, share with the world so i think it's, thank you yeah for sure no, I really appreciate that. And I am very excited and I don't even know where this is going to go. And that's also what I like to preach in my, you know, social media career. It's like, if you, first off my, so I became viral through this video, no coffee walk date in which basically I was saying like a guy has to take you out. He needs to pay for your dinner, blah, blah. And that started as let's say you know a video where i was kind of mocking guys and i was trying to be funny and entertaining i didn't really think of it in a deeper sense but that video opened up this whole persona high maintenance influencer that i have right now which i mean i am living <laughs> in but it, it kind of opened up a bigger conversation because first of all that video till this day people are talking shit on that video i'm like how, how i'm still shocked that people are still thinking that a dinner date is like a, a high maintenance request but you know if i didn't make that video i would never discover this uh journey of you know being a person who's giving dating advice so i mean i know it's very easy for you and me both to say like just start just post just do this because we've been doing it for a long time but if you want a career in it doesn't have to be social media if you want a career in anything you just literally have to start because you maybe you're going to realize you don't like that you know yeah. some stuff i tried youtube it wasn't really for me i'm, I'm gonna try it again because i you know i would like to be on youtube but like if i never tried youtube maybe i was i would always wonder like oh maybe i should be a youtube uh, you know sensation but i i never tried it so like right now I, i'm doing a podcast and i'm really enjoying it but if i never tried doing the podcast you know i would 
you know, I think you know where I'm trying to go with this. Yeah, but people absolutely. just have to start. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you. Let's go back to that video for a moment, because that's, that's the video that I first saw when I, I guess, first came across your, your pages <laughs> and your accounts on social media. And that ties into the question that I had as to how did you transition from, you know, the beauty industry to speaking kind of your, your mind or sharing certain tips about, you know, Miami or your life to entering this niche of um, raising your standards, helping women raise their standards and the dating world. How did that video even come about? Was it the first video they made in that niche? That video was the first one that really blew up in a sense that people were, it was in every, every, I mean, every news article like not news article it was in every major publication and most of them most people were calling me high maintenance in a negative way but it kind of opened a conversation about having standards for yourself and i was always that friend in a friend group who was very as i mentioned like vocal and i was always speaking my mind but i was not doing that on social media because at that time people were really not doing that on social media they were like just pretending to live this fabulous life. But I'm, as a person, I always liked sharing and being open and honest. And I was sharing a bunch of other videos like around the same time, but that one's the first one that kind of blew up. And then after a while, I realized I'm just uh, more, um, I'm more fulfilled helping women when it comes to their, you know, relationship issues or any other like because at some point i just i think about it this way before i was helping women look beautiful on the outside by doing their makeup and now i'm helping them feel beautiful as well so it's just like and i don't want to sound like a hallmark card or something but it's like really trying to teach women how to be their best self and how to just do things that make them happy because at the end of the day that's what really matters yeah I love that you transition from external to external and internal. Yeah. I love and that. And at the same time, I'm trying to keep things funny. So some of my videos do have like, I mean, I, first of all, I loved your videos as well. Like I think I saw your video way before you reached out to me. Um, but it, it's just like, you have to put a little bit of humor in everything because people, you know, it's going to get too serious because if you constantly talk like when it, because my content is about relationships and, you know, heartbreak and this and that. But if I constantly talk about like trauma and toxicity and narcissism, it's like, okay, girl, like relax. Yeah, for sure. And even with humor, some people take you, you know, way too seriously, way more seriously than you intend for them to take you. I mean, that's just like, you can just see they're triggered by something. Yeah. You get haters. I mean, I'm sure you do a little bit, but like you get them a lot. Yes. So before I would get haters and I mean, I, I kind of like, it's like a steady stream of hate towards like either my lips or my, steady, even my appearance, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like there will always be someone who will comment something about like my body or, you know, you have fake boobs and you're, you know, that kind of stuff, which I honestly could not care less. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes I would get like, if I post something about like that video that you saw that yeah, I posted, they posted about today, a year right? ago, about well no the one with splitting bills that's uh -huh. you know the own going split in croatia i think uh -huh. you know a lot of a lot of our audience will probably know that video 
I got a lot of hate for that because, mm -hmm. you know, I think people were just confused about the message and either what confused did they about the think? message. I, what, what, what was the mess? I mean, I'm my, the message is very clear. <laughs> yeah. So I think some people interpreted it as, you know, well, how you're a woman, don't you want to stand for equality? I've got a couple of those, those comments. And I was like, well, this is like actually absolutely nothing to do with equality. Like this has just the basic chivalry rules. Yeah. The guy asks you out on a date. I'm of the opinion that he should pay for it. That's, you know, that's take it or yeah. leave it. Like that, that's what I think, you know? Yeah. And I think people are also fighting in the comments about that issue. Mm. Um, somehow it ended up being an issue of, you know, the whole like not equal payments for or women not making as much money as men in western society mm -hmm. and i was like how did that relate to it i don't know but people always make it about themselves somehow you know like yeah. i and that that's like a whole other conversation that you know that we can have but in the last couple of months it's been really rough because um it's it's much quieter now but in western world anything that is even remotely related to anything russian Mm -hmm. I just got, I mean, I got slammed, just blunt out racist comments. Yeah. Um, just very mean, very heavy. And I would say negative comments and hateful comments didn't bother me at all until then. Because, mm -hmm. I'm like, well, how does this make any sense? You know, you're attacking someone who, I'm not even posting anything about any of the issues that are going on, but you're just picking someone who is remotely related to the issue that yeah. you see on the news and you're just like lashing out. So, I think it just part of, of being a social media personality or being active on social media, regardless mm -hmm. of what you post about, if there's an issue, like a global issue, people expect you to express your opinions about everything. And, yeah, and I have to uh, comment on that when all of these things were happening in Russia, Ukraine, and uh, I mean, I'm from Croatia and it's pretty close to, you know, that part of the world. And a lot of people were giving, and it's it's insane how many people think they have the right to give you their opinion on what you should or you shouldn't post. So my 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 DMs were flooded with people telling me you didn't post anything about Ukraine. How dare you? Then I had people telling me, oh, you didn't uh, you posted. Uh, I'm sorry. And then I had people on the other hand telling me, thank you for not getting involved in political situations. It's just, I mean, it's a part of the journey. And I mean yeah. that video, the coffee walk date video when it blew up. I always, I was always like a public person in a sense. Like I was studying journalism. I was, I had a blog growing up, but that amount of hate I never experienced in my life. Luckily, I was already 30 years old and I, you know, know who I am, but I can't even imagine growing up in, and I don't want to sound like an old person, but like growing up in this day and age and being a teenager, having a social media presence, people rip you apart. Yeah, uh, but I wasn't ready. Like, not that I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't expecting it. You just never know how that feels until you get in that situation. And I remember, I'm not sure who was in. Some somebody was in my apartment, a friend of mine, and I was. The video was still blowing up, mm -hmm. and I gave my friend my phone, and I'm like, just take it, just take it away. And I was, yeah. and I, I laid on the floor flat, and I was just staring at the ceiling because I'm like. <laughs> what is going on it messed uh, up with your peace yeah for sure yeah yeah how is. did you get out of that like how did you get back on track of like okay i'm gonna keep going i'm gonna keep doing this well, and i'm the type of person who when i get some lemons i make a lemonade so i uh made 
a merch line that was all high maintenance. Well, I love that story. Yes. I'm glad that yes. we're, we're talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> I made a merch line. I'm looking at it right now. It's on my desk. By the way, super VIP information for you. Merch line drop two coming up. Nice. In the next few weeks, whenever everything is done. I mean, I have, I just received all of my, um, you know, materials, but I was like, first of all, being high, people were calling me high maintenance. For me, being high maintenance is is not an insult. However, in the past, the term high maintenance has been connected to like a negative connotation, but it's like completely wrong because first of all, when you have a pet, your pet is high maintenance. If you have a dog, you have to feed him, pet him, take him to the uh, whatever hairdresser, dog dresser. <laughs> I don't know how you call those, but yeah. like you have to maintain that like creature you have next to you, but you give, you get so much love and you really like enjoy it. The same thing. If you, you know, you, you own a boat, uh, your boat is not really a great investment. It's super high maintenance. It's super expensive, but you really enjoy it. So I was like, you know, you guys can call me high maintenance, but there's nothing wrong with that. And I never, you know, I'm not entitled. And there's a, there's a difference being high maintenance, taking care of your yourself and people around you and being, you know, a little bit bougie about your appearance. That's different than being entitled and just like chill on your couch and expect people to do stuff for you. So Absolutely. that's just like a different, different uh, meaning of that word for me, at least. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's a difference between knowing what you're worth, having a certain set of standards to meet your needs and desires, and just being just blunt out arrogant. It, there, there's, yeah. a, there's a huge difference. And just to give a little bit of background, in the event, you know, someone out there who's listening to this hasn't seen the video, which if you haven't, <laughs> I, I'm going to link it in my, in my story. I think I've shared it once upon a time, like when I first saw it, but what was the video about? What was the advice that you gave? Okay, I heard this video so many times that I literally know. I'll just redo it for you. It goes like this. I do not accept a coffee or a walk as a possible date option. Neither should you. First of all, I'm not a dog that needs to be walked. Second, I have an espresso machine at home. It works fabulous. We're not doing drinks either. You're going to try to get me drunk and take me back home. No, we are doing dinner. If you're going to pick me up, we're going to come to the restaurant. We're going to see what you order. We're going to see your table manners. We're going to see if you can hold your chopsticks correctly. We're going to just, you know, study you a bit. This was literally the way the video went. Mm -hmm. The point was that I would not, I mean, as I mean, as I said, like I would not accept a coffee or a walk as a first date option, period, because I know my worth and I respect my time. And if you are an attractive woman, and I'm not shy to say that, I know I'm like, by the standards of beauty nowadays, I'm an attractive woman. People invite, I mean, I'm in a relationship now, very happily committed relationship, but at the time when the video was made, I was not. And um, it's like, if I, and I'm work, I was like building my business, working on my career and all that. So like, why would I go for a coffee walk date with a dude that what was to see me for 30 minutes and like, see if I'm hot enough or something because a coffee walk date is short. So you think that I'm going to take the time out of my day, get ready, get dressed, do my hair, do my makeup, put on a cute outfit. You know, women usually do a lot when they're going to meet a man. So it's like, 
um, I'm not doing that for somebody who's not really sure. If you're not yeah. really sure if I'm quote unquote hot enough, because let me tell you something, but people are like telling me that you should just get to know somebody, blah, blah. Men take a woman on a coffee date just because they're not sure if she is hot enough or if they want to spend more time with them. But for me, knowing my worth, I would never even meet with a person who's not sure about me. So if you're not sure about me, I'm just not going to meet you because I have other shit to do. Like I can, I can record a podcast, you know, I can read a book. I can edit my captions for my, like I can do so much more being home than going on a trial date with somebody. It's, it's not a job interview. Like that's what you do if you're going for a job interview. So people just like, but I think because of the, this day and age with dating and social media, like everything became so like transactional. So that's what they do. But I, I don't, I think dating like kind of went the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that advice. And especially the part where, you know, if you go for dinner with someone, you get to know them on a much deeper level than if you're just walking around with them somewhere, someone having co with, if you're walking around with them somewhere and having coffee. And even the idea of like, I've, I've heard that so many times from some of my girlfriends who were in long-term relationships, they were, they, and the relationships unfortunately would end in a couple of instances, but they would say, I get really annoyed by my boyfriend eating. I don't know what it is, but I really don't like it when he eats. So I remember that's, that's like, he just, thing, he makes yeah. certain sounds, yeah. there's certain like manners yeah. that he yeah. has that I just don't vibe with. And yeah. I remember watching your video and I was like, that's how you kind of eliminate that. You exactly. look at someone eating and you're like, okay, yes. he's got good manners. He's got, you know, and it goes both ways, right? I mean, there, there's a completely uh, deep explanation of my dinner date theory, because I also say like, you're going to pick me up. And a lot of people gave me pushback saying like, wait, why would I let a stranger pick me up? I don't want to know him. I don't want him to know where I live, blah, blah. I'm coming from the fact that you are not just going to go on blind dates. Like, why wouldn't you go on a date with some guy that you know from a friend or something? Like, why, why are you only exclusively thinking as dating as blind dates and online dates? Like, why? Yeah. That's number one. Um, number two, and also like the building that I live in, you can't just like... I understand everybody lives in a different situation, but like in my building, you can't even get in if you don't know the name and the unit number of your resident. So that's what I said, like, pick me up because where you and I both come from Slavic countries, a guy is going to come and pick as you kind of already know who he is. Yep. Uh, when I said, we're going to see what you order, that is just showing how generous you are. I'm sorry. Like we can talk shit and saying that the love is the only thing that matters, but it doesn't like you need to know if, if you're the type of person who likes to, if you're a foodie, first of all, like you are going to know if you're going to, because I'm a big foodie, I would never be able to date somebody who doesn't enjoy food or like somebody who has a completely different dietary habits than me, because I really like to enjoy food. And then coming back to what I said, generous, like girls like gifts. I'm sorry. Like you're going to know that if he is, you know, going to buy you a nice gift for your birthday, or he's going to not do anything because if he shows you the cheapest appetizer on the menu, whether he like loves it or not, like you, you can just get a feeling for that. And then when I said, um, if you hold your chopsticks correctly, that was basically, um, is you just said, like, if you are doing something extremely annoying while you're eating, 
down the line, 5, 10, 15 years in, that little habit is going to annoy you for sure. Then also, it's like you're going to see him acting with people that he doesn't know. So it's completely neutral ground. He's going to talk to the staff. He's going to talk to you. You're going to see how he treats you in front of other people. You're going to see how he treats the staff that's quote unquote beneath him. You can see, I always give this example, like you can see, let's say there's a waiter who drops uh, a, a, a bottle full of Let's say a waiter drops a bottle and bottle falls down and you're going to see if this guy is going to say, oh my God, look at this idiot. Or he's going to say, oh, I feel so bad for him. Be- yeah. that you can gauge his character by putting him in a neutral social setting. And people were just only counting this down to like, oh, look at this one just wants a free meal. I'm like, yeah, okay. You think I can? <laughs> if you think I can buy my own meal, then you have different issues, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, it's honestly, it's great advice in my opinion. So ladies, if you're single and gentlemen, just follow Coco Beauty. She knows what she's talking about (laughs) because it's true. I mean, those things make common sense, right? And you want to know the person that you're, you're dating you, especially if you're planning on getting into somewhat of a serious relationship, you want to know their manners. I'm drinking way more than you. I feel like I'm drinking way more than you. Okay, I have a smaller but, glass. <laughs> but I'll take it. Maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, I think that's great that you've embarked on this niche of... I think that you can never run out of stuff to talk about when it comes to dating and relationships and, and raising but your you standards. You would be surprised. Most of my questions... So every Tuesday and Friday, I'm doing this thing called What Will Coco Do? Oh, yeah. With the podcast now, I think that's going to have to cut down to one day a week but in my in my wobokoko do the most frequently asked question is how do i get him back or i'm heartbroken now what and i remember when i was you know in similar situations and you're just like when you when you're feeling a heartbreak you're just completely lost and you really don't know what to do and sometimes you don't have any perspective on like how how are you ever going to live life again? And yeah. I, you know, whenever I get messages from girls who are telling me like, oh, you changed my life or you helped me through the most traumatic breakup, like that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And, you know, I reply to my DMs all day, every day. I mean, sometimes I just can't physically reply to everybody, but I try to reply to as much as I can. But it's, it's, it's scary to see how, not scary, but it's just like sad to see how many women are just like dealing with heartbreak every single day and how they are. I also have this thing called the like walking red flags. So these girls send me screenshots of like a guy who said something completely ridiculous. And then I just post it on my stories. Obviously I always keep everything anonymous, but it's um, shocking. It's shocking to see what some people like where where the dating standard is nowadays like the bar is so low and i mean i it, it's insane it's insane why do you think that is i know you mentioned part of it could be social media influence and how transactional everything became but why is it that people just have such low standards when it comes to themselves and expectations that they have from i believe social media yeah 
I blame social media for everything because with social media, you always think you can find something better and bigger and more shiny. And people are, they're, they're looking at people through likes and comments. I mean, today I reached a hundred K on Instagram and like everybody congratulated Congrats. me. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to be in the one who congratulates yeah. you. <laughs> but, you know, people are like, oh, wow, she has 100K. Like, now she now she really, like, now her oh. advice is really valid. But what if I had, you know, 500 followers? But my advice can still change somebody's life. But, you know, people give you just more credit when you have a higher, whatever, follower count or something. But yeah, that comes, to answer your question, actually, it's like people with dating apps, you keep on swiping, swiping. Okay, so if this girl didn't work out, this one will. If this guy, uh, you know, maybe he's five six, let me change my um, settings to five nine, and I'm gonna meet only. It's like people became um, so replaceable, which is not really, you know, <laughs> it kind of doesn't, doesn't, doesn't end well. Yeah, for sure. What is your opinion on dating apps, by the way? Because I and you know, disclaimer to everyone who's listening to this. I don't know if like I could call myself fortunate enough or I'm fortunate. I don't know, but I've never used dating apps ever. I mean, I, I met my fiance. I've been with him for eight years now. So I think Tinder was like just becoming a thing when I met him. And I know that there was websites before that, but I just, I never used them. What is your opinion on, on the whole world of dating apps? I've known some people who have met their like yeah, and there's always them, there's but. always like success stories, and yeah. my general opinion is that they're a waste of time. I used them a few times when I was single, but like, I I just thought like that there's no point because there's so much inbound because guys just swipe on every, I'm like guys are very guys are just very they're gonna swipe on any hot girl like i'm sorry they don't they don't really care in the beginning stages they don't care i'm not saying guys are insensitive but they don't care in the beginning uh so dating apps are just you can find good people there i'm sure like i know people who got engaged and married through dating apps and there's a lot of people who do come with actual intentions of finding a partner but there's a lot of people out there who are just you know, trying to find a quick hookup. So I think if you're looking, I I think people should look more into matchmakers than dating apps, to be very honest. I feel like at least with matchmakers, you know that, you know, those people are actually looking for a relationship because on dating apps, you don't really know if that person, and you know, I hear that a lot of girls tell me that these guys uh, say that they don't have Instagram, they don't have any like social media, and it's because they are probably with somebody else. So that's why they don't want to share that they are their pages. But to answer your question, I don't like dating apps. I think they're a waste of time. Yeah. I'm I mean, I'm pretty biased when I say this, but I do think it's in most cases much nicer when you meet someone in person in like an yeah. organic way, I guess, when you get to know someone right I away. I just never, I never saw an app. I mean, as I said, I'm not an avid user because also I'm in a relationship, but like I never yeah. saw an app that is targeting to you're just showing you everybody around you or something. I don't know. I just never really, if there's an, if there's an app out there who is very targeted and very specific, I would love to, you know, hear yeah. about it and spread the word. But as of right now, 
it's just like too general. Yeah, that's fair. That's very interesting. I like that. I wanted to go back for a second to the merchandise that you had originally, because yeah. to me, when I heard that, I remember actually seeing a video of you speaking about it. So the media, after seeing your video or videos, plural, started mm-hmm. calling you high maintenance in a very negative way. And yeah. they kind of started in a way talking in a really shitty about you. Yeah, Not really shitty, culture. but it was, it, yeah, cancel culture, exactly. Yeah. And you could have gotten affected in a negative way yeah. and said, oh, I can't believe they're saying, like, you know, I, I didn't really give any bad advice. It was really good advice. It was coming from a good place. But I'm I'm kind of feeling a little bit hurt by it. Maybe you were feeling hurt. I don't know. I'm going to let you speak about that in a second. But what I took from it, I was like, what a boss. She literally monetized the hate that went her way, right? And created a, a, a line, a merchandise yeah. line with all the, you know, words that they were using kind of against you and then basically prospered from it. I really love hearing stories when people get you know, like stones throw at, thrown at them. What is that saying? Like when people throw stones at you, make sure you build like a, a castle or a fortress yeah, out yeah, of them. Yeah, I know, I know, I know the same. Towards your empire. So I, I want to, I want people to hear this because it's inspirational. Yeah. So I, I, as I said, like, I, I just never thought that being high maintenance is a negative thing. And I'm like, how are you guys even using this as an insult? Yeah. And it's funny because my whole life I was high maintenance and people would tell me I'm high maintenance. And I was like, yeah, duh. Like I get my nails on every three, like I'm getting my nails on next week. They're not even outgrown. You know, it's, yeah, you just I do that too. <laughs> I, yeah. I know I can, I can tell. And uh, that's where we get along, but <laughs> it's like, what can you do? Okay. So you, you do something and the media didn't really like, what I had, to, I'm sure they, they were, they just needed, you know, some, something to write about. But yeah. if you still stand behind what you said, if other people tell you, you know, oh, you, you said something wrong. And if you still stand behind your feelings, like you were just going to own it. And if you, you know, sometimes people do say some stuff that are just like clickbaits or whatever. And then later they're like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have said that. But in mm-hmm. this, that was not the case in that video because yeah, that video obviously was over like it was dramatic and it was me, you know, looking all dressed up, hair and makeup, but I really still stand behind everything I said. The message was delivered purposely in that manner, but the gist of the video is still the same and I still stand behind it. So if you have 10 people telling you that you said something they don't agree with, if you back off and you kind of like, okay, maybe you guys were are right just because they told you that they don't agree with you, then you don't really stand behind what you said. Yeah. Obviously you can always take criticism and you can learn from it and you can expand your mind when you hear other people's opinions. But if you just like change your mind after a few negative comments, I'm like, okay, then you're not really authentic. There's definitely power in speaking your truth and confidently going for it, you know? And if you find what your truth is and you're not afraid to say it, then that hate that you get is, I don't know if it's easier to handle, but you're like, okay, yes, I, I understand where you're coming from, but I, I stand my ground. Like, this is my opinion. Yeah. This is what I believe in. And that's it. You know what I mean? It's, I'm allowed to exist with this opinion. You're allowed to exist with your and opinion. You know what else I just don't understand when people are trying to 
prove me wrong or they're trying to like change my mind or they're trying to and they think they're going to say something and I'm going to be like, okay, yeah, you are right. Women should pay for their dinners. Like my opinion is still the same. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I'm not going to change my mind because I had a couple of thousand haters telling me that because I have a couple of thousand people on the side telling me that, yes, you are right. And I'm basically yeah. at the end of the day, I'm just going to do whatever I feel is right. Yeah. So men please yeah, pay for, for sure. female dinners, especially the first date. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a second, because I, I want to know, I guess, your opinion as to where it comes from. So I was thinking about this the other day, and actually my fiance and I were talking about it. And I was like, imagine going on a date with a Slavic man and reaching for the bill and him actually saying, yes, let's split it. Like, I'm sure maybe it exists somewhere, but it's just, it, it would be, be such an offensive thing for 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 like yeah. our cultures, right? Yeah. I don't actually know anyone here who have had that who has had that experience, a girl who has gone on a date with a guy who actually wanted to split a bill with her. Oof, I even date. had it in my single days. It's just uh, embarrassing because where we grew up and again, I don't want to tie this all back to our you know, cultural upbringing or something because i traveled a lot and you know i just that's just the way i feel is right if you guys should court women you are trying to impress her because women are the ones who are choosing who they're gonna hook up with or you know blah blah blah. guys are gonna hook up with whatever they can i mean no disrespect but that's a fact so well, i've heard that women subconsciously no matter how much we try to fight it we look for a provider and the more yeah. I think about it, the more the more it makes sense to me that we we don't we can't even help it. We look for a provider. We look for someone who will be able to even if you know you're a career driven woman who can make her own money. It, it doesn't mean that you're undermining your ability to be you know, yeah, able to generate an income and take care of yourself, take care of other people. But we just subconsciously it's engraved in us apparently that we look for a provider. We look for a man who will be able to take care of the family. Whereas yeah. men in the initial stages, look at what you're looking like and what your, your kids are going to look like if you, you know, if you have kids together, it's really important for men apparently to, you know, that you look good, that you have good manners, so on and so forth. So it's, it's a bit of a different dynamic that you look for. Mm -hmm. And when that dynamic is shaken by let's split the bill. Yes, let's do it. It's it's so you had that happen. I want to hear about that. Um, well, I think. First of just to comment on what you were saying, I think this is all about like masculine and feminine energy because some yeah. some women that I do know personally, they don't care about finances, but that's yeah. all the way they were brought up. And it's all like what they saw growing up and maybe they grew up with a single mom and they, you know, there's a lot of different examples, but women try to find some sort of security, whether it's financial, emotional, physical, like you need some kind of security. And if you are, as you said, like if you're a girl who is a career driven woman and you are getting shit done and you are taking care of so many things and you, you know, you can pay for your own dinner, but like, why would you be with a guy who can't do that for you? Yeah. I just don't understand when, when people are fighting that concept, like, why would I be with somebody who is, I know it's going to piss a lot of people off, but like why, with somebody who's less successful than me. Like if, if I worked so hard to be where I am today, why would I 
settle to be with somebody who is like totally fine chilling on the couch all day every day and like working one shift at a I, I don't know at a store for the rest so. of for the rest of his life yeah for sure it's I, I think there's a huge confusion when it comes to you know dating world manners relationships and like the whole equality topic because I, yeah, they equality, don't have to the, the quality and paying for the bill has nothing to do with each other it's like if you are let's say if you are trying to impress um a professor let's say you're in college and you want to have okay let's scratch the professor let's say that you you want to uh let's say you come let's say christina you come to miami i would love to take you on a lunch because i would love to treat you because you're my guest okay maybe you didn't come to miami specifically to see me but like I invited you out. I would love to treat you t for a meal. Like if you can't afford, and there's a quote by Steve Harvey. If a man, if, if a man asks you out and he's not willing to buy you a plate of food, why do you think he's capable of taking care of a family? Like if he's not even willing to do that, it's not about the yeah. money. You don't have to go to a five-star restaurant, but if he is not willing to take care of you too, why do you think that he is going to take care of you maybe when you're sick maybe when you actually need something if he's not even willing to cover for you for you your main course like come on there was this one guy that i went on a date with a long long time ago he actually met him on an app shocker um this guy first of all he lied about his last name he lied about his age he um was he older or younger? He, so it's an actual he, question that comes to mind. He lied two years. Like, he was 39 and he said he's 37. Like, if you were lying, at least lie about, I don't know, a 10-year difference, not two years. Like, what is what are you doing? No uh, kidding. He lied about his last name. And the way I found that out is my friend had an app where you can input somebody's phone number and then you can see what is it registered on. And... Because before, obviously, as soon as I, when I was single dating on these apps, whenever I would like start talking to somebody, I'm trying to figure out their actual name. And then I would Google them and like find out everything about them. If I was actually interested in going to like meet up with them. And I was Googling this guy and nothing was coming out. Like, that's weird. You know, at least something comes out. Maybe like your Twitter from 15 years ago or like MySpace or something, but nothing for this guy. And then uh, I gave my friend his phone number and she checked in this app called Mr. Number. And then it was a different last name. And then when I Googled his name with this new last name that I just found out, I saw like a bunch of stuff, but um, nothing incriminating. So I was like, why did you lie about this? And I confronted him and he said that he is a lawyer and that, I mean, he is a lawyer, but he was like, I had some, like, uh, I want need to be a private person. I'm like, okay okay Weird. i'm not asking you to be public on social media i'm just asking you to tell me who you are right yeah no you uh, lied about yeah. everything mind you uh he was inviting me to fly to paris with him and uh, because i was uh about to leave to croatia to visit my family and he was uh supposed to be in paris at the same time and that was all was before. he the tinder swindler it sounds a little <laughs> bit like the hint of tinder swindler. It literally, yeah it, it, i'm sure he has a few swindle stories but so like i never met the guy in person at that point he was inviting me to fly me to paris then we went on a date 
Then, like, I mean, also, I was such an idiot. Like, I went on a date with a dude who lied about his age and his last name. Like, duh. Like, what did you expect? So you already knew that he lied, but you still went on a date? Yeah, because I was like, you know, maybe it's really... Because I was not... I was just naive. And a lot of times when I get these questions from my... What will Coco do? Then I have other girls who are commenting like, oh, how do you even have patience? All these questions are so ridiculous. I'm like, yeah, because something, it's once upon a time, you were that girl. Yeah. You were 21 and you were going on a date with a guy who lied about his last name and his age. Like, I yeah. did that. So, like, you have to learn somewhere. Uh, yeah, obviously that day didn't go well. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what he did? Yeah, so he paid for dinner and then we transferred to a bar next door i guess to like have drinks and he was drinking like more than me mm-hmm. and at some point for those who have uh for watching this on video at some point he touched my face like this and i and it was like a part of a conversation it was something totally like i don't know what he was trying to do he just i just remember this random person touching my face and i'm like a very sensitive <laughs> like anything touching my face because my skin breaks out in a second this mm-hmm. guy touched my face and he like he was again he was getting a little drunk he was trying to be funny or something and he was like oh fuck off i think maybe maybe that's what i think maybe that's what it is that he like touched my face and like oh fuck off like in a f- f- flirtatious way i don't know after he did that i'm like did you just touch my face <laughs> did you really just touch my face and i was just like blocked from i mean mentally i was like out yeah you were like this is over this is done yeah another thing about this guy i don't know why vividly everything just came back (laughs) he he was living so i used to when i was living in new york i lived in manhattan obviously manhattan is like the main part he was living in like and again i was living with roommates i had a tiny ass apartment like i was not like living large uh, and he was living the in- little Slavic girl in me who like never thought I would make it out of like my home country. When I heard you lived in Manhattan, I'm like, oh my god, you made oh. it, you know? Because <laughs> that's yeah, that's like the dream. But anyway, sorry, yeah, yeah, no, no, I completely agree. I was like, and that's a, that's so funny that you said that because for me, I was like, I will always live in Manhattan, no matter what. Yeah. I would rather live in a tiny ass studio, but I will live in Manhattan. I didn't come to New York to live in brooklyn yeah first of all brooklyn has an amazing amazing areas and probably if i go back to new york now i would live in brooklyn but i was always like i'm always gonna live in manhattan and he was living i think in brooklyn Mm -hmm. somewhere like super deep deep in brooklyn and but he was working in jersey so he would basically have to travel into manhattan every day and then he would take a ferry to jersey i don't know like this guy was the point of the story was this guy was a complete fake. He was te- like trying to sell a story that he was this successful lawyer who's going to fly me to Paris. Meanwhile, he's like grabbing my face, living in Brooklyn, working in Jersey, lying about his age, about his like, this guy was just completely um, a man you would meet on a dating app. I think that's the conclusion. <laughs> And you and he paid. He made you pay for okay, yo, I, drinks. Yeah, I, forgot to, I forgot to explain how he made me pay for drinks. Um, so he paid for dinner, yeah. And then we moved to this bar. And then he like started being drunk, and then he touched my face, and he was like being a little weird. And then I'm like, I think we should go. 
or something. And then he said, can you uh, take care of this since I paid for dinner? I'm like, sure. Oh. And I just, I went to the, I didn't even wait for the bartender. To, I didn't even wait for the server to come back. I was like, okay, don't worry about it. I'll, I was, I was like straight to that bar paying my bill. Um, never saw him again, obviously. He messaged me. Did he me. ever try to contact you? I was oh, just yeah. say, yeah. So many times, so many times he was like trying to make some jokes about the weird face touching. And then, I don't know. I was just, it was just a very, very weird situation. It's very awkward when you have like a bad date experience or just like an uncomfortable situation that you don't ever want to repeat. And the person still keeps showing up in your life in a way of like a message or try to contact you. You can always block. And that's what I tell to most of my girls. Don't be afraid to block somebody because your phone is your phone. Why would you see somebody's name on your phone that you don't want to see? Like, why would you go up? Like, imagine you're having the best day ever. You're living life. You're celebrating something. You're enjoying the sunshine. And then all of a sudden, somebody sends you a text. No matter how strong you are, if you see that text message from that person who, you know, broke your heart or something happened or you just don't like them, it's going to mess up your vibe. So why don't you just, if you don't want to be in touch with a person ever again, just block them. That's it. Your phone yeah. is in your possession. Like you should only have access to things that make you happy. Yeah, that makes sense. I do think that maybe if you put the story out there, you might find a few other girls with whom you might be able to film a documentary mm-hmm. and, and, and ha- have a Netflix series. I, th- I don't think it was a series. I think it was a documentary. <laughs> Tinder, Tinder Swindler. Because I don't know. It sounds, it sounds I might very Google, I, might, I, might, I might try to find... I'll ask my friend. She usually saves all my screenshots um, in our WhatsApp. I changed my phone a few times, so I don't have them. Maybe I'll ask for this guy's. I forgot his name even. Um, but yeah, it was not. It was not good. But that's. The, this is all coming down to, like, don't just date random men from a dating app. Yes, you can meet a rent, a great guy on an app, but like, do your research. Don't just go meet up with any guy who sends you a text because he can be he can pretend that he's totally different and it's not it doesn't even have to go to the extent that the little swindler did and like you know rob you for money and stuff but he can complete like people can make up their entire identity online yeah so like you just gotta be careful for sure absolutely that's i think that's the main i guess maybe point from from this is if you see a red flag and you feel like it's a red flag just just run just away trust don't run God. away but just, just trust, trust your gut yeah yeah. Your gut actually tells you a lot more than you think it does. Yeah. It always yeah. tells you the right, the right thing to do. Yeah. I agree with you. What are your thoughts on ghosting? And um, do you think it's acceptable in any situation to ghost someone? Well, for ghosting, I usually say ghosting is for losers because if you were in a relationship with somebody it doesn't have to be exclusive it doesn't have to be okay boyfriend girlfriend like if you're in a relationship even a friendship and that person all of a sudden just goes completely mia and they don't reach out and they don't tell you anything's going on and they're just like disappear from your life they're a loser for me like okay you don't owe your you don't you don't have to explain yourself to everybody all the time okay maybe sometimes something happened but like if you enjoyed your time with that person and you have respect for that person 
you're gonna let them know that they that this is maybe not working out any it doesn't even as i said like it doesn't even have to be a romantic relationship like yeah. if you and i speak on the phone every single day and then all of a sudden like maybe i don't have time to speak to you every day or i i'm starting to do something else i don't know i owe yeah. you some kind of explanation if i care to keep that respect between that's us that's a very good point yeah that's a very good point yeah so transition that into if you know someone maybe not as well as you know like you're a very good friend or someone who you would take the time to explain why you're maybe not showing up as much or why you don't want to talk as much transition that into just someone who you met and who wants to talk to you and you don't want to talk to them let them know why yeah i'm kind of of the same opinion i mean i've i've ghosted people before not just like dates and stuff like that i'm, yeah. I'm guilty of that i've done that in the past i don't do that anymore because I also realized that ghosting in a way is like a form of fear because you have to tell someone in a very straightforward manner, like what the problem is or what the situation mm. is. And if you're not willing to tell them, then why? Like, are you afraid? So I was like, but I feel like you just don't have respect for that relationship because yeah, if you care to repair it or if you care to do something about fixing whatever issue you might have, then you would do something about it. But yeah. you obviously just don't care. And then a lot of times I have girls asking me like, oh, this guy ghosted me, but then he's coming back now. Like, should I give him a second chance? No, fuck no. no. Yeah. Because this guy is here because this other girl who he was hooking up with in the meantime, she's not there anymore. So no, <laughs> unless I love that straightforward, just like no bullshit advice from you. Like he's probably seeing other girls and this is why it's happening. So you need to, I mean, you need to be real with yourself. You know, I mean, I, it's, it's 99% truth. Like it, it's like 99% time. I'm right. Yeah. So, like, yeah. yeah. The other thing that I wanted to ask you about is the whole idea of raising your standards. Okay. Because it's such an important topic, I feel like, for everyone. We all, at some point, it's very rare that I meet people who, from you know, a young age, had the confidence that they have. I mean, I very often meet people who struggle with confidence to date. But it seems to me like we all, in one way or the other, at some point in our life, struggle with not having healthy standards. I'm not even talking about high standards. I'm talking about healthy standards. And I feel like it might come from, you know, I don't know, our childhood or certain experiences that we've had. What do you think needs to happen for a person to a realize that maybe my standards are too low? Because I feel like so many, especially like in so many cases, women are stuck in relationships where they just don't deserve what's going on to them, but they're stuck in them and they keep going back to that same person and they keep falling into the same trap. So what, in your opinion, makes someone, you know, realize that, hey, my, so, something's not right here. Like, I, ne I need to change it. And how do you change your standards? How do you gain more confidence? Because you well, obviously like, have a very confident demeanor. You are very confident. Yeah. And you seem to have this whole thing really dialed in. Like, well, how did you get always, here? Not always like that. Um, I, I mean, I always had high standards when it comes to my romantic relationships at the very beginning. Like I always wanted a guy to court me and take me out and like impress me and all that. But then it could happen. It happened in my past that I was like in a relationship and then I just kind of lost myself and I was just 
somebody's plus one or I was just like there. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I, and, and my personality is that I do need to be acknowledged and validated and I need to be, you know, I need to be seen. Some women don't care about that or men yeah. or whatever. But my my relationship with my standards was like rocky in the past because at one point I was thinking, you know, all these things that I'm going through that are really difficult right now that has to happen because love is hard and we need to stick out for the things we love and we need to, you know, you really need to suffer to get what you want. Yes, but everything has a limit. Like if, if you are in so much pain, if you're in a relationship that's just not working out for you, if you're in pain, if you are not happy, if you're literally waking up and you're not happy, it means something needs to change. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to me in my past. Like I was just like, I was just not happy. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, is this really what I want for the rest of my life that I wake up in this type of mood and I go to sleep in this type of mood and I'm just, you know, it all comes down to you need to understand that you are the only person responsible for your happiness. So if you don't make any changes, nobody else will. So if you're stuck in a toxic relationship, your mom's not going to come and be like, yo, you need to break up with this guy. And she's going to go and have a conversation with that guy and you're going to break up. No, you need to do it. And I also understand that it's very difficult sometimes to look at the situation from the outside and see that this, this relationship you're in is not really healthy for you. But you have to come to that realization and you have to like look what's best for you. Yeah. I think you're kind of diverted from your question. Um, well, what else did you ask me? I forgot. I'm sorry. How do you realize that your standards are low? So you kind of answered that in a way it almost has to hit you. Like you have to be like, okay, I'm unhappy about whatever it is that, you know, is making me unhappy. Something is something is making me feel a certain way and I don't like that feeling. So that's what I need to change. And then how do you, how do you get out of that loop of, of low standards or of things that you keep repeating in your life? Or it could be, I mean, it very often relates to relationships, but sometimes it relates to other things in life too. I feel like it kind of transfers to high standards in general. I feel like it's a very healthy thing to have or healthy standards, (laughs) Um, you know, you should start with healthy standards and then go to high standards, I guess. But it, it goes to everything, every area of your life. Mm-hmm. So how do you work on raising your standards slash confidence? Because I feel like it mm. goes hand in hand. Yeah, it does. I think that some people are totally fine living a very calm life. They don't have high standards and they're just like totally fine chilling. And that's yeah. fine. <laughs> but... If you want something more for your life, if you want to be the best version of yourself, you need to put in the work, whether that's therapy, whether that's uh, focusing on your own life, whether that's having some hobbies, because a lot of women, uh, when they get into a relationship, they completely forget about themselves and they are just playing this part of being a very domesticated um, housewife or whatever, because they're so brainwashed by Disney and blame Disney that you need to find that certain someone by whatever age that if you don't, you're not complete and you're going to be an old broad and your, your, your expiration, you know, all this bullshit that you hear in 
mm. everywhere. But coming back to if you are not happy with where you are, whether that's your relationship, your physical appearance, your career, it's like, okay, take a step back and then look objectively. What are the areas you can control? If you can control your, let's say you're, you're not happy with your physical appearance. Can you control what you're eating? Can you control your uh, working out? Can you control your alcohol intake? Like you need to see what areas you can control and then you need to start from that. Let's say you're stuck in a marriage that you're miserable in. What can you do? Write it down. Talk to your spouse, obviously, number one. If that doesn't work out, go to therapy. If that doesn't work out, I don't know, try therapy again. If that doesn't work out, okay, separate. And then see if you can work it out. Maybe you have kids. Like There's so many things involved all the time. You literally need to write it out and see what you can fix and then focus on those areas you can fix. You can focus like, okay, maybe you're unhappy because there's a tropical storm coming, but you can't change that. So why are you getting, like, why are you putting your energy towards something you can't change? Instead of that, focus on things you can change and just try to do the best that you can. And maybe first time, second time, you're going to make a mistake and maybe you're going to do something you're going to regret, but it's totally fine. Like people sometimes take themselves way too seriously. Like you just need to like, we're all human. Nobody is keeping score. Like, you know, if you have five failed relationships until you find that perfect someone, that's fine. Because I also see a lot of girls who are like stuck in relationships. They're not happy in, but they're like, okay, I'm already 30 something. Like I need to get married. Should I just get yeah. married to this guy? I'm like, no, because then you're going to live a life in misery. Like yeah. what's the point of that? But they just want to check that box that they got married before a certain age, you know? Yeah. That they just got, I don't know, like, like a program installed in their brain that this is the way it has to be. I know it's a sad one too. Whenever I hear it, like, well, you know, I, I, I better do this cause my, my clock is ticking. I guess in a way, you know, if, if you think about like having kids and stuff like that, I under, but even then, like with modern medicine, and I had a former yeah. coworker who had a baby at 42, you know, and it's, I understand that there's still those kind of, I guess, preconceived notions of like, well, I'm a woman and I need to kind of maybe focus more on like, when is my time limit? But the time limit is a lot, like it, it's not as uh, rigid yeah. as it used to be, you know? And, and it is really sad to see someone stuck in a, re- I think we all have, you know, friends or family members who we've seen go through that they're stuck in a relationship that is very clearly have, making them unhappy. I actually have an, uh, have an advice for people who, let's say if you see that your friend is stuck in an unhealthy relationship and you tell her once or twice, three times, and that's it. Like, don't overstep the boundary, first of all. Like, you are not her partner. You're not like just stay out of it like you can give somebody your opinion once or twice but don't push it and a lot of times let's say if you're in a toxic relationship and i'm constantly telling you like you you need to break up with him you need to break up with him at the end of the day you're gonna start hating me instead of this guy you're in a toxic relationship with because you can't really think clearly when you're in a situation like that so I'm not saying that you should lie to your friends, but I'm saying that you should know your place and that you should also know that you can give somebody your opinion a few times. And if they don't 
agree with your opinion, that's okay. But also you don't need to be friends with people who don't have the same mentality that you have. Because you don't owe your time to anyone. So you can hang out with people who, you know, maybe maybe you're just, maybe you're very hurt with the, like maybe you're just very hurt seeing your friend constantly hurt and, you know, going through the same uh, toxic cycle. But, you know, you need to pick your battles. I yeah. just think that a lot of times people give themselves too much. Um, they just like to tell their friends what to do and what relationships to stay in and which not. And at the end of the day, the friend becomes like the hated one because you're going to do whatever you want to do. Yeah. I think I kind of confused this whole topic, but <laughs> I think you got my point. No, for sure. I mean, we're only responsible for ourselves. I think it's a very common misconception that a lot of people have that, you know, are even to go back to what you were saying just now, it all starts with you. And if you have a problem, like if I have a problem, I'm responsible for fixing it, not someone outside of it. Someone may be contributing to why I feel a certain way about a situation, but it's up to me to change it, not up to that person. I can't expect someone else to, to, to do it for me. And at the end of the day, you know, if you have a friend who's struggling and you see that you see her, your friend struggling, you tell her once, you tell her twice, and then it's up to her, right? You know it's, what it's else I would to love you. to just add? Uh, don't blab all of your issues to all of your friends because when you're angry, you start saying things that may or may not be exaggerated. And so let's say, Christina, you're engaged for what, since eight years, correct? And you... In a relationship, you, eight years, engaged for three, yeah. Okay, so for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so if you come to me and let's say you're having a rough patch with your fiance mm -hmm. and you talk about him every time we have a conversation, you're just bitching about him and you're just complaining about him. And but maybe you just need a space to vent, and maybe you just need you know a friend to whatever. But if I am and a disclaimer, good friend, I have I haven't done that. This is an example. Alex is a wonderful man, but <laughs> <laughs> she, she did not an example for the purposes of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can even use myself as, as an example, but the point is like, <laughs> if you constantly uh, are bitching about your partner to your friends, they're going to create this image of your partner to be the worst possible human being on the planet. And then mm -hmm. when you continue staying with this person, like you, you continue to be in a relationship with this guy and they're like, what are you doing? Like you're always talking shit about him. Like what's the point? So sometimes, you know, Pick one friend if you need to vent. Pick one friend and before the conversation, you can literally tell your friend, yo, I'm just venting. Don't take any yeah. of this seriously. Or speak to, I don't know, your siblings or somebody because people are going to create this idea of, you know, what, what your relationship is if you're constantly complaining about your partner to everyone. Especially if they don't know them personally as much as... You know, maybe oh, yeah. you don't hang out all oh, together yeah. all the time. And that's the only way they find the information or find out any information about that person. Uh, so yeah. I think it's, you get surprised when they advice. tell you like, oh, you should break up with them. But the only thing they see from you is negative because a lot of times people don't share um, the good parts. The good stuff. Yeah, for it's sure. It's easier to just talk about. We tend to do negative. that as humans, don't we? We just share the negatives and we cling on to them. And yeah, but we why? about I don't know. Do well, it, it even ties into the whole like news. Is there ever a successful positive news station? 
we just and there's so much positive news every day all over the world you know you know what but i do we, sometimes when i when i get sad i just like watch puppies on tiktok <laughs> i think that's like a positive news Hmm. yeah i watch kidding kitties as well sometimes <laughs> or just humor like comedy it, it's like i i love just make me laugh whatever whatever way you can you know so yeah it's i don't know why we just i think there's some kind of like prehistoric evolutionary thing that makes our brain look for danger like you know how when you yes. sleep the first night in a hotel somewhere yeah. like when you rest somewhere you don't sleep very well i guess it's because your brain is looking for things that are dangerous subconsciously mm -hmm. and you can't even control that because your brain is always going to be looking out for danger and it does the same with relationships it does the same with pretty much every every area of your life and maybe that's why we're just like more drawn to negativity and sensationalized yeah. crazy things that go on but as i was listening to this i was pouring myself my third glass of champagne and i just spilled everything but i 100 agree with you and i also think that people watch news, like negative news. And sometimes they're like, okay, there's all these bad things happening in the world and I'm actually okay. So my life mm. is not as bad. I actually, I, both of our opinions are very interesting. I, I wonder if they are, <laughs> I wonder if they have any grounds in any, um, I don't know, encyclopedias or something. I, I mean, I, I'm certain I didn't come up with that. I'm, I'm yeah. certain I, I drew, yeah. drew it from somewhere. Cornelia, this was such a pleasure. We're at one hour and about 20 minutes now. I could keep going and going and going. I'm going to have to have you back on. Thank you so much. Where can people find you? And where can they, you know, it, your Instagram, any social media that you want to share? Okay. So I have my Instagram and my TikTok, which is Coco Beauty. Beauty is spelled... Actually, let me just spell it all for you. K-O-K-O-B-E-A-U-T-E. -E. So Coco with a K and Beauty with an E. I have an Instagram and I have a TikTok. And I just recently started my podcast called Bougie Best Friend. I also created an Instagram and a TikTok for them. Bougie is spelled B-O-U-J-E-E. -E. This is the first time I'm spelling bougie out loud. So. I know. I actually, I was like, how do you spell bougie? <laughs> like, I was like reading. Uh, so yeah, my, my main focus right now is my podcast and my Instagram and TikTok. So please follow along. And thank you, Christina, for this wonderful conversation. I got a little drunk and I think it's um, going to be a great day ahead. <laughs> thank you so much. And we'll chat soon. Yes. Cheers. Cheers.